Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Never shut up. Good morning, everybody. Today is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. I'm your host, Stephen Jr., and today we pulled Baker Baker. Nothing like starting the morning off with a hearty sob, am I right? A hearty sob while staring into your cabinet where you keep your glasses, realizing you left your big coffee because you only drink iced coffee, you don't drink hot coffee, so you have hot coffee cups for no reason. So you're looking for your glass mason jar that you take your iced coffee in, and you realize you have one in your truck, and you left the other one at work. And then Baker Baker's playing in the background, and what else are you going to do, you know? You're going to think about all the mistakes you have made that have led you up to this point. That have led you up to this point where you can't even make coffee except for in a Dodgers cup. How humiliating. You uh, you think I want to take my coffee in a Dodgers cup? This is embarrassing. I'm drinking iced coffee from a cup of a sports league. A sports league that recently famously pulled out of support of the gay community by canceling their award for the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. And then only when all the gays were like, you cancel one of us, you cancel all of us, so fuck yourselves. That's when the Dodgers was like, oh God, we don't want everybody to cancel their tickets to this Pride Night, so come back, come back. But don't worry, Christians, we'll do a special Christian night for you too. This pandering. So I'm drinking my iced coffee from an organization that panders to the right? To Marco Rubio? I'm drinking my coffee out of Marco Rubio, basically. And I can't think of anything sadder. I can't think of a better reason to cry. Good morning. I'm freshly sobbed out, thinking about my life. Thinking about... (laughs) Fuck you, Baker Baker. That's all I gotta say. How dare you come at me on an otherwise pleasant morning. I heard that three-second string intro, and the waterworks started. That's not true. The waterworks started as I was thinking about the lyrics in conjunction with my life. And in conjunction, in fact, with a very meaningful relationship. You know, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. And you've got to, like, confront that. And I think Baker Baker confronts that. So this is what it is, you know. Having to confront that maybe you were the bad person in a situation... I tell actors all the time, and everybody knows this in the theater community or when you're, when you're acting, that you have to find, if you're playing a villain or you're playing somebody that has otherwise questionable objectives or motives or has questionable actions, you have to find something about that character that makes them a hero because everybody is a hero in their own journey. So if you have a really bad quote-unquote character, you, ha- you, the actor, have to figure out what you like about that character. In order to play the character, you're playing the character as a hero that's what makes it a really great skill to play bad characters quote unquote bad so we're all on our hero's journey and everything i've done has been at least in this specific relationship that i'm bringing up today everything that i did was because i cared deeply about this person and i feel my life has been upended there's a line in baker baker which i've never really taken this way but i take it this way today, which is, I know you're late for your next parade. You came to make sure that I'm not running. Oh, that hit today. That weird overlap, that weird breakup zone where you know your time with someone is over. However, regretfully, you know your time is over with that person, but there's still that overlap, that like cleaning up of the mess or that further destruction of the relationship. That weird time where things can either heal and then you can eventually fade into oblivion like the two of you or things can get much, much worse 
and destroy all of the good things that came before because the perception is so tainted by the end or like the the taste in your mouth is really terrible by the end, you know? And I often with my exes live in that zone where it's like the breakup is the hardest part. Not that this person is an ex of mine. This person is, I guess, an ex-friend. I hate to say ex in the context of a friend because my whole life I've been, I've valued my really long relationships, my really long friendships. So to say, to actually put like the phrase ex in front of the word friend for this person brings a finality to it that I'm not comfortable with still, even though it's been a couple years at this point. But I'm still messed up about it, I realize. I realize that the versions of ourselves that we present to other people and the versions of ourselves that are leading different, walking different paths in this life, right? Like I have several paths that I'm walking. I think I'm walking my career path and I'm walking like a line with, you know, another journey that I'm on emotionally, which has little to do with my career path, I suppose. But like these different paths, like this person and I were late for our next parade, but we came back. We like kept coming back to this thing. So I take that as like kind of that look over your shoulder or maybe like the look in the rear view where you feel like you see the person fading into the distance, you know? And in this particular situation, I was in a really bad place and I felt like this person at the time, I felt like this person was really oh god i don't know putting me through the ringer i guess but would come back and check to make sure that i was okay which i feel like as she's as i'm getting my coffee and she's singing you came to make sure that i'm not running well fuck you know i don't know this is heavy so i should have started with a content warning heavy content but yeah i don't i didn't expect to be sobbing into my kitchen cabinet today i don't know I had a friend for 17 years and we accidentally slept together and it set me off towards a path, I guess, of healing from wounds that I didn't even know I had. But first I had to, I had to dive into the wound and sure I did. I created those wounds and I like gouged them bigger. You know, like when you're, when you're like opening your, your empanada, (laughs) I don't know, you're opening your sopapilla to put in the honey. You're like pulling it open. That was me pulling open my heart and my wounds and made it much worse before it ever got better. And now we don't talk. And I miss that person a lot, but I hate that person a lot. I don't hate that person, but I hate what happened. I hate what happened between us. I don't know. So today, the finality of Baker Baker and realizing that you have a lot to do, like you may have a lot to do with what happened, like you, the, the kind of person that you are. If everything that you believed about this person for 17 years is true, for 17 years I believed he was a good person, I believed all of these things, like he's a wonderful dude, really safe to be around, like funny, I believed all of these things, and if that is true, like if 17 years led me to believe that, and so then that's true, like that's an unequivocal fact, If his heart was made of icing, then I wonder how mine could taste. Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Or, like, what is my heart bringing into a situation that is really damaging or destroying something? So all of that is in this Baker Baker. All of that is out to get me today. And I'm just having a moment, and it'll be fine. But right now, it's not. So, you know... God, I don't know. This is why you shouldn't drink coffee. It stains your teeth. 
<laughs> and it brings up a lot of emotions. Hold on. Mm. That hits, I'm telling you. That iced coffee from a Dodgers mug. Dodgers glass. It's not even a mug. A Dodgers, the one that you get the Diet Coke in when you go to the concession stand if you buy the commemorative cup. It fits in your cup holder, the big, the ugly one that you can't clean properly. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I was a fan of the Dodgers for a really long time. I still would call them my team. I'm... I'm, I was already pissed off at the Dodgers because of how they treated COVID um, and that they played. I was pissed off at Major League Baseball, and I refused to pay attention to it in 2020 because they were still – because the players were getting sick, and nobody knew what COVID was. Like, nobody – it was killing people. That's all that we knew. And they were forcing players to play, and that sucked. And so I felt like people were looking to major organizations like that to learn how to behave and learn how to actually treat the pandemic, and I thought that was really damaging. So – I refused to pay attention that year. And then I forgot all about baseball. I don't even know how to play it. How many bases are there? All I know is how to hit a home run. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't know. It comes up because this is my birthday week. It comes up because, you know, people that I thought were my friends didn't wish me a happy birthday. People that like, not that I, not that that matters, I guess it shouldn't matter, but it really reveals like who cares about me, you know, especially in this time of great change for me, it's important to remember, not hold grudges, like I can't hold a grudge for someone not wishing me a happy birthday, but to remember the people that didn't, because those aren't your people. Like, yeah, you can still have a good time, but you're not going to trust them with your heart. So anyway, it comes up because there's constants in your life that you count on. And even though I'm fucking aware that you can't rely on anything ever being the same and that there is constant change. And I don't know why this is, I guess if I was thinking about it yesterday too, or the day before yesterday when I recorded the last episode. So I don't know why this is coming up and I don't know why I am finding myself in this place often. Like how do people heal? You know, I guess they write beautiful music. I guess they write Baker Baker. Like that, you know, I wonder, I wonder if like even in her happiest moments, Tori Amos thinks about love that she lost or relationships that maybe didn't work out how she wanted them to or relationships that she counted on that just sort of eviscerated, you know, or that you decimated. I think that's what she's dealing with is that she decimated this relationship and that's hard and it's a hard thing to confront, you know, it is from a lifetime i guess of like not examining behavior patterns and not examining what's right in front of you you know i can be an awful person i can be wonderful i try to be wonderful i try to be like kind and loving you know but i can also not be and so i don't know confronting it on a friday right before the weekend ma'am to be fair, yesterday, when I didn't record an episode, I pulled thank you, and I thought the bag was trolling me, and I thought the bag, literally, I thought the bag was saying, finish your goddamn episode on thank you, so instead of recording Never Shut Up, I went and started working on thank you, and now I'm happy to report, I have one tiny little piece to put out, I mean to include, and then it's done, so... Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> thank you, bag. Um, and so I thought like, okay, thank you led me towards thank you. So now I'm pulling another one. I should have just done thank you. I shouldn't have ever pulled Baker Baker. You know, this is hard. But to be in that space like that, that weird overlap, it fascinates me that like 
time period where things have come to an end. You know that things are ending. Like even in my last relationship, I, I knew things were over. Like no matter what, no matter what I said or did, like I knew it was over. I knew like a long time before, not a long time before, but I knew before. And there was just like this weird overlap period of time. So that part fascinates me when you're like, you know, I guess the conscious uncoupling, which I heard on Alanis Morissette's podcast, I listened to like the authors talk about it for 44 hours. It was, um, (laughs) I never read the book. I discovered that on this show, but it seems like something that I would, I never had a reason to read the book, you know, because heretofore, by the, when I was at the time, let me be clear of my relationship history. I have a very limited relationship history. Okay. So when I was, 15 years old, I dated an older man. He was 18. His name was Dwayne. But the things, I was a mature 15 and he was a very immature 18. So I felt like we were evenly matched. Dwayne. And then the next person I dated was Jonathan. And I loved him too. And then the next person I dated was another Dwayne. (laughs) Another Dwayne. And I loved him too. And then I dated this guy named Mike for like two seconds and I never officially dated Kevin Heffelfinger. We just made out a lot and like had a lot of naked time, but it was never, we never were official and I regretted every day of my life. I wanted to lock that one in the bag quick. I got really jealous. That taught me about my own jealousy. And then it was a very long period. Oh, and then I, you know, I kind of like whatever, whatever with Jason, that wasn't dating at all, but it was the most intense experience that I'd ever had in my life, there to for most intense love that I ever had for another homosexual. And then my dating life withered. No, then I dated Eric, who's the one who told who when we broke up, he's like, everything is a moral issue with you. Eating meat is a moral issue with you. Tori Amos is a moral issue with you. As if these are bad things. So that's how that breakup ended. What else then happened? Oh, and then I was dry. I had a dry spell for a very long time. And then I dated Angel for like a month. And then he stole my credit card. <laughs> Did I date? I feel like I'm missing someone. But then I dated Joey. And then Joey destroyed my life and my confidence and my will to date ever again. So I never did. I decided I was. we were going to get married. Like it was an intense relationship, but... I never, if I see that man, it'll be ever, it'll be too soon. If I see him, I will absolutely pivot and turn and walk the other way because I don't want to be in that destructive atmosphere in the narcissistic orbit. So anyway, the point is, and then of course, Michael, my life has been defined by my friendships rather than my relationships. I'm not, I have a very limited relationship history. The point is having to confront that you're not a great person sometimes is very difficult. Sometimes I, you know, like I could have been better. I could have, I could have healed. I could have worked through it in therapy at the time that it was happening and, and done what I could to save that relationship. So could he have, so could he have, but so could I have, but maybe it was doomed to fail. And maybe like, you know, that overlap, like it's, you know, a parade is a parade and like, there's always the next parade. So like, what's, what's wrong with heading to the next parade? There should be nothing wrong with it. And I should honor and thank that time in my life. I really should because it taught me a lot, obviously. <laughs> it taught me um, it taught me a lot, yeah. So on that note, I'm going to go uh, take a shower and then I'm going to go to work. And I'm not going to think about this person anymore today, I think. Maybe. I have therapy later. I have a, an emergency therapy session at one. <laughs> That's fine. I need to calm down. 
It's fine. It'll be okay. Have a wonderful have a wonderful weekend. I miss you already, and I'll talk to you on Monday for sure. Okay, bye. <laughs> After Nina Dunn, um, this past couple of years has been a bit hard because uh, there's some things I didn't want to look at, and uh, this song has helped me. Shut Up is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com. Yes, I know what you think of me. You never shut up.